This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I got friends only want to talk business. I got expensive to win and expensive. I got expensive to win and expensive. I've been out of work. Hi, and welcome to this episode of Put That Coffee Down, the freight sales show for closers in freight and logistics. My name is Kevin Hill. I'm your host, as always, here as we take a whirlwind tour of what's going on in freight and sales, new technologies. And with that, I have a very special guest, and it is Walter Mitchell, better known as Mitch. He's a founder and the CEO over at Thai Software. We're going to talk about being in the SaaS game in the logistics market, how you got there, how you sell, and you know that most fundamental thing, that aha moment of when you just got obsessed, obsessed enough to go out and start a company. Because it's not for the faint of heart, is it? It is not for the faint of heart. And, and thanks, Kevin, for inviting me on the show again today. I appreciate it. And Looking forward to the conversation today. Yeah. So let, let's start off with um, your background, right? Before you started Thai, your background in computer science, logistics industry, I believe, and, and kind of yep. just how you, you came through the ranks. Yeah. So I've always had a passion for technology and computers. I discovered that when I was pretty young. Uh, and getting through computer science is where I thought I belonged. Uh, and I, I do belong there. You know, so I started out as a software developer and really like writing code and uh, and still today like you know this is this really brings the geek out for you but uh i find it enjoyable to sit down and write code it's kind of like a zen time for me um unfortunately you know the way my job is today maybe fortunately and unfortunately i don't write code nearly as often anymore but but i really do enjoy it there's something peaceful and artistic about it so that's really where my passion lies is is in the is in technology, so so I got there's my a, start. And 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 I'll riff off of that too because there yeah. is something nice and peaceful about spending four or five hours doing research, and yeah. whether yep. looking at the number or the data and, and kind of building that story is the same as coding, right? Creating this this piece out and maybe putting on the earphones and just zoning out. I think they call it being in the zone. Yeah, and um, and just doing something—it's like listening to classical music almost to, to to those people who want to to meditate. That's exactly right, and and even getting deeper into it for me, it's uh, when you're writing code, you're typically trying to solve some kind of problem or create something which is a solution to a problem, and that creation is what really drives me. Like I love the the process of seeing a problem and figuring out how I'm going to create a solution around it and then then building it and seeing that finish. Like, all right, you know, it's different with code because it's not tangible like a house or something. So mm-hmm. you can't touch it, but it doesn't matter. It's still that creation. And, and that's what really drives my passion. And um, that's what's driven my passion to to move into the logistics industry too was the same general idea. 
And, and, and creating a business is, is like that, too. It's like coding or doing research. It's creating something new, right? It's, it's it is. Maybe not as exciting as the Sistine Chapel or um, or Martin Scorsese yep. movies, um, but that's yep. that same kind of creation. You're, you're creating something out of your own mind and your imagination, and it does become tangible, and it exactly. becomes useful, yeah. and it solves problems. Exactly right, and and that's uh, that's where my passion falls today is in the same creation of uh, you know when I look at what we're doing at Thai. We're creating a product that is very compelling for freight brokers, but we're also creating a team that can execute at a level that, that will deliver that kind of a product. And by those two things that we're building and trying to deliver, we are also creating a business that's a strong company and, um, you know, looks, looks good on paper and is you know, a good business that we're building, but building the business is really about building those two key components. And then, of course, part of that team is building a sales organization around it as well, right? But uh, but building a team, building a product, it's really the same kind of thing. It's And uh, I really enjoy that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, so, so would, would you agree with this? Because it just came to my mind here is that no... And let me get it straight in my mind as well. You know, companies only fail when they run out of sales. Not necessarily anything else, right? If you don't get enough sales in the door, you know, money talks at the end yep. of the day. So you mentioned the sales organization. You, you can build the best mousetrap. You could build the best TMS out there. Um, but without the sales department signing new customers, bringing on additional funds... It, the well runs dry. That's exactly right. And you know, the being from the technology side, it offers me a, a good glimpse at you know the how a sales organization and a technology organization can work together. And I guess we'll bring this right back to a little bit of my story. Uh, I stumbled into logistics because, uh, well, my uncle linked me up to a project to build a little. It's supposed to be six months. I was supposed mm-hmm. to do a six-month coding project, and that's what got my feet into the freight industry. Uh, and then it it pr- moved on from there. It became another project and another project, and it became bigger and bigger and different. And then I started getting into TMS for freight brokers and moved along that way. But you know, I've had a couple bumps along the road in my career, and uh, and what I learned along those lines is that I can't just be a, a technology guy because like you said, the technology doesn't exist without the rest of the organization. Mm-hmm. And that was a lesson I learned earlier on in my career. And so now when I talk about like building a team, we build a team, but that team has to be balanced. And the sales organization is super important. The, the R&D product organization is super important. The sales and onboarding is super important. Like each of these components must be balanced. And there has to be trust between those components too. Because you can't have one without the other. And, and and we all have to the three very different styles of people and <laughs> and personalities have to find a way to trust each other and work together. They do, and that's interesting because it is a, a balancing act, right? On the sell side, the technology has to, to, to be yeah. there and working or they lose confidence. And if they exactly. lose confidence in what they're selling, that's not good, right? 
And on the tech side, exactly. they have to. Uh, well, you explained that that you know the tech side, they have to be incentivized to to they to to build, build the right rate. things, right? The the, the build yeah. the right things, and that has to be communicated by the salespeople yeah. themselves, and uh, that's how that works. Or you can probably articulate that better than I can on the tech. Yeah, side. you know, like so. If we take a look at each group, right? You, we take a sales team and. And that's the most familiar in this, in your audience today is a sales team. Like you said, they have to have confidence that their onboarding team or that their support team is going to help them and be there when they need to. And that's a really tough thing to do because at the first glimpse of a problem, the customer calls sales, right? Mm -hmm. And so it, it becomes a real challenge to, to put that much trust into the other team. But then, you know, you have the other side of your onboarding or your support team where they're looking at the world a little differently. They're not quite the same level of reactionary as, as a sales team will be because they have to help manage a long-term relationship with a customer maybe differently than a salesperson does. Mm -hmm. So it's a very different perspective of the world, but they also have to trust that the salespeople have their back and are supporting them. And then you have the product team and typically your product team doesn't want to talk to a customer ever much forget yeah. about a salesperson or you know like they and i know that's a little bit like stereotypical but um but they like to be isolated you know the product team and and honestly the product team's better being isolated so because they, should, they yeah. need they need to receive feedback and then build a product without the daily influence of reactionary activity that's happening and that's how you build a better product so such different groups and such different needs that making them all work together is is a constant constant effort. It is constant effort, and the the product team is a really good point that the they they need to be separated from the day to day distractions and the day to day opinions. Yep. And I, I feel like that's somewhat like staying off Twitter uh, for for yeah. normal people, right? Because right. what's happening on Twitter. Is doesn't really matter moment to moment. Uh, you, you need to be focused on your long term goal, and on yeah. on the product side, you, you you do have to get out of that. We're talking about you know coding for you, doing research for me. You want to get the distractions out of the way so you can think clearly um, about the task at hand. Exactly, exactly right. And so then, you know, when you when you take those guys and you you let them do that kind of a work that kind of work and you let your product team really focus on product what you end up with is a product that can be really great and that's what we all need right and um and we talk about you mentioned uh i'm gonna jump up i'm jumping around a little bit so i apologize but but you hit that aha moment and that was one of the aha moments for me was was that the freight industry and the logistics space needs more push with technology. You know, there's an opportunity there to bring and help this segment of the industry drive forward in technology. And 20 years ago when I started, the uh, the technology that was available was a little rough, you know, and, and we still, I feel like, have a long way to go. But, uh, but at that time, I, I think there was really a big opportunity and it's been really nice to see that it's moving along. But seeing that made me realize like, wow, we can we can make a difference here. Like this is a group of people that can really gain a lot from having good quality technology to support 
their business and to support their sales efforts? Yeah, I think um, so. So, 20, I, I got in about ten years ago, and you know, there's a lot of opportunity. I, I think you know, there is still a lot of opportunity. I think it's just different opportunities now. Um, in a lot of ways, right? It's not, you know, this barren landscape of nothingness anymore. Right. So there, there's more opportunities in collaboration, partnership, building on top of, of, of nice technology that's, that's come or nice functionality that's come before, right? And, and building on top of that. So there, yeah, there, there's still a lot of opportunity. Um, going back to your aha moment, what, what was the, the real, I mean, just the, 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 the one thing that, that you say, okay, I'm, I, I'm doing this no matter what. I'm doing this because of X. Yeah, so I'm going to give uh, credit to my first TIA conference I went to. Uh, I, was, I was pretty young at the time. And I went and I was looking around. And, you know, uh, being, being at that position in my life, I'm super passionate about technology. I still am. But also uh, maybe a little more idealistic, right? A little like I can do anything, you know. The, um, I maybe I still feel that way. But <laughs> yeah. so I go to this conference and I'm walking around. I'm looking at the technology that was available, and I was just really kind of taken aback in that there was so much opportunity. Like the technology that was there was very dated. It felt very ineffective, uh, and it just felt like we were missing missing a, a the the right way to move and and missing the tools that were needed to to make these companies more successful and uh, I felt like I wanted to contribute to that like I just I was felt really driven like I think I can make a difference here and and that's what I wanted to do since is I want to make a difference in helping these freight brokers use technology that that can make them better at what they do and make them more efficient and and make their life easier. Yeah, I, I think 10 years ago, 20 years ago, there, there wasn't the option. Uh, there's limited options on technology. Like, And, and I, I guess I say this because now if I opened up a freight brokerage tomorrow, I can go buy off-the-shelf tools that used to take the large freight brokerages years and millions of dollars to build. And That's I can right. probably run my, my operation in a fraction of that on an annual basis, on a monthly basis, however, I, I, I buy this technology, right? And, um, and a lot of that had to do with the cloud, uh, a lot of innovation just yeah. in general that, that came out. And I, I think you do see uh, the legacy players in, in, in this space um, with a, a different business model, right? It's, it's not necessarily yeah. cloud computing. It, it's not... Um, there, there's something to be said in, in the largest freight brokerages too, right? You have this legacy technology. It's, it's very difficult to to pivot from that or to, to build on top of that to keep up with the times. It is. And you're exactly right. Like these, the amount of work it takes to keep technology current is significant. And, you know, what, the way we count it is roughly 35% of your time and effort is just spent on maintaining and updating stuff that you've already done. So like that's a lot of cost that goes along with that. That's a lot of time and effort. It's a lot of resources to really make no new progress. But what it does, and this is something that I that gets missed a lot when you see 
like a homegrown solution is you don't spend that 35% of your time and then your product becomes dated and your product becomes a legacy product. And that's what we're doing differently at Ty. And that's what, a um, you know, I, I don't want to criticize anyone who doesn't do that necessarily, but a professional software organization should understand that. And, and by understanding that and doing that, you keep your product current. You keep your product so that it doesn't have to be necessarily cutting edge, but that it doesn't become legacy and yep. you have to invest, you know, and, and the way I look at it is investing in, in maintenance of a product is similar to investing in, in learning on your own, right? You're, you're investing in yourself the same as you're investing in the product. And I guess maybe we could even say by listening to the show, right? You're investing in yourself and mm-hmm. helping yourself grow as a salesperson. That's what your technology partners should be doing is investing in their own product, not just so that they can sell more, but so they can be better at what they're doing as well. And I think that that happens sometimes too, is that those that reinvestment goes into growth more than sure. maintenance and not only maintenance, but creating a great product, right? It goes into just this wholesale growth mind mind frame that you, you overextend yourself on on the sales side goes back to balance, right? Yeah. Balancing it, it growth does. in sales and, and product development and, and making sure that uh, everything is in balance so you have a sustainable business. That's exactly right. You know, and yeah, it well said, right? That balance ties right back into it very nicely. And you can't you can't ignore one side in favor of the other. We have to spend time in all of it. And that's Dude. what builds a good company. It does. And the company over the long term, right? Um yep. which is what the, the goal should be for for every company is to, to be healthful, healthy and sustainable and growing over a twenty year period, thirty year period instead of a, a three year period. That's right. Completely agree. Yes. Random question for you. Movies. Yeah. You, sci-fi, action, adventure, rom-com. Um, yeah. What's your favorite movie? All right. So uh, I think you got, I can't answer that with one movie, but. That's uh, fine. Keep it on we, the We geek. can do the top three, top five, wh- whatever, yeah. whatever you can do. Yeah. So keep it on the geek path. Uh, big Star Wars fan. You know, so. Okay. um I subscribed to all the Star Wars movies uh, except for the very first one, the I think Clone Wars, right? That, that yeah. was, uh, or sorry, Phantom Menace was the one, right? That was the first one back that was terrible. But other than that, you know, the big time Star Wars fan, uh, you know, and I grew up with Star Wars. It's been a, mm-hmm. a lifelong thing for me, and uh, and I love it. The uh, but then you got to switch genres as well. Comedies uh, again, dating myself a little bit now. Happy Gilmore. And Billy Madison, those old school um, comedies just can't get enough of it. Nice. And then, uh, and then in the action genre, though, or yeah. the uh, maybe fan, maybe a little more time pieces, uh, Gladiator, another old Gladiator. school movie, but but just all those great. Yeah, they're, they're all great. I mean, Gladiator's great. Is streaming? Is it's been streaming for a while? I, I watched it again not too long ago. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah, just holds up so nicely. It, it does, yeah. Yep. So it, it's always it's always neat to to talk about movies, things like that. Um, in a way, it just uh, helps you get to know people, and you know, movies, books, art, culture, that that type of thing. So, 
Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I am kind of a, a movie geek as well, to the point that uh, my kids are getting a little bit older. So we used mm-hmm. to have in our house a room that was, we called it the kids' room, but it was like a den where the kids' toys and stuff were. But my kids are getting a little bit older now, and so that room was kind of vacated. And sometimes the kids would watch TV in there, and uh, I convinced my wife to let me turn it into an uh, in-home theater, and it's been great. So now it's closed off, and we've got TV in there, a nice sound system in there, and it's a it's a really great place to go sit down, enjoy a, a movie, and mm-hmm. it doesn't disrupt the rest of the house when you're watching you know, because I maybe like to turn it up a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, so it keeps it the theater sound. Exactly. You got to feel like you're there. So that's been really cool. I, uh, I just finished it in March of this year. So it's only been a few months that I've had it done, but I've, I've really gotten a lot of joy out of it. And, uh, and so you ever kids. get into the black and white movies, so the old black and whites, uh, not too much. And, yeah. Not too much. I, I, but I probably should think sometimes. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll give you a few good picks uh, of some great black and white movies. Oh, that'd be know, great. The 40s and 50s that uh, are just fun. They're just great movie making. So Yeah, I, that would be great. I'd love to see see more of them. I don't know why I haven't spent much time in the genre, but you know, I have seen a couple of the classics like you know Casablanca and some of those, but, um, but not enough. Have you ever seen Smokey and the Bandit? I have. Okay, good. Good. I, I think, you know, my first day at uh, Freeway was basically I had a little research team and no one had seen Smokey the Bandit. That was my first thing. Yeah, and they're right. new trucking too. And logistics, like, so you can't work in this industry without seeing Smokey the Bandit. Yeah. You, you, you got to, or, or you're nice. going to be lost. <laughs> I think that's a great way to go about it. Yeah. I think maybe I should mandate that as company watch. So you, you should. You, yeah. you really should. I, the dialogue still holds up. Uh, it's a so funny dialogue, you know. I don't know if you could make that movie again today, um, but it is yeah. it is good dialogue. Um, just just the the smart aleck uh, way that you know that they did that that comedy. Yeah, is is love is it. Great. Uh, a great suggestion. I'm going to take that back to my team, and uh, I'll make sure and give you credit when we uh, <laughs> when we push that out as an office mandate. We'll do. Um. And then they can all construct, you know, say thank you, Kevin, whenever they, they finally do watch it because everyone who watches it loves it um, in one way or another. So yeah. that's always good. Uh, so so what are the, the, the new breaking things in that, that you guys are working on or that you see as, as you know, whether it's in TMS or just how freight brokers operate in, in general? You know, the, the easy answer to that is generative AI. And we've been working with a bunch of AI tools for a couple of years. But one of the things that we noticed, this will tie into our sales conversation, is that our sales team for a little while, they were trying to, to sell some of the AI products as, hey, this is an AI tool, you should use it. And it was a uh, very unsuccessful path for us. What we ended up doing is redirecting that and saying, here's a tool that does some really cool stuff. Oh, and it uses AI. Yeah. So we kind of masked the AI from the conversation, but what's happening so far this year is that AI can be used as a leading term in front of what we do. And and so we're redirecting a little bit of our marketing and our our sales process to, to let people know, like, yeah, all the AI hype that you hear out here, it's already done here. Like, we've got this covered. 
But the important thing is to be able to tell a story of why I use AI. Like, mm-hmm. I think all of us struggle with this a little bit. Like, I'm sure you've talked about it a few times. I know you've talked about it a few times <laughs> with chat GPT and how do we leverage it and, and so forth. Mm-hmm. But for us, uh, we're trying to make sure that story is really clear. And at Thai, it's about email. And, and we've talked about email a little bit before too. But yeah, we have. Email's like such a primary communication mechanism for for us as freight brokers or shippers or even carriers, like everybody, it's the primary communication mechanism. But when it comes to CRM, we already expect a lot of this emailing capability to help us, but mm-hmm. we don't expect that from our TMS. And that's what we've been pushing on a lot is to try to encourage a, a slightly different way of thinking when it comes to email as a freight broker and your email should be automated just like freight tracking should be automated and there's no reason it shouldn't but it's a little bit of a challenge because we're not used to that in the freight space yet right we're this is a little foreign of a concept i'm i'm not sure i want my email automated Uh, i'm not you know it's it's uncomfortable but but that discomfort is going to push us to the next level Mm mm-hmm well, and I, I remember from our last conversation, we were talking about AI and, and email. And well, I mean, even for that, AI can be confusing to buyers. It's confusing to me, right? What is exactly does that mean? You know, yeah. Uh, when, yep. when you lead with AI, it's a buzzword now, so everyone's climb climb on board. But um, yeah, yeah. Tell me what it does, and okay, use this AI. Yeah, that is cool. Right. That is cool. But I, you know, what does it do? Um, exactly. But, yeah, we were talking about email um, and AI automation. A lot of the emails that we send and receive, especially from broker to carrier, broker to shipper, or stock anyway, right? They're, they're basically yep. stock emails that, that primarily say about the same thing, or it's the same. <clears throat> Maybe yeah. the email doesn't say, but, but the message is the same, right? Your, yep. your, your truck's going to be here at X time. Um that the truck is here, the, you know, the, the pickup number is X. Um, and you can write that in many different ways, but you really don't want to write it in any way after a few hundred of those or a couple years in the business. It's just like, I just want to, I, this is my message. I want to telepathically just have it delivered like on Star Trek, right? Uh, exactly. Right. You know, I don't want to write it. I, I, I know it. I want to take from my thoughts in my head to there. AI kind of does that um, by just automatically sending the message, right? It, that's exactly right. You know, and we we already know we already know parts of these conversations how they're supposed to go. Let's let the computer do that for us. And yeah, and that's one of the things that I think uh, is a little bit misleading. And like, do we need AI to do that? Maybe not, but AI can do it a little bit better. So let's leverage it. It's a better tool to solve that problem, but we for sure need to solve that problem. And and a lot of those messages that we're receiving from carriers or from shippers that are the same stock emails that we're sending out, mm-hmm. if they're stock messages, then we should automate them. Like we know they're yep. coming. We should expect them to come when they come in. We know what to do with them because it's the same path every time. So let's let those run down that same path and let your system handle it for you. Uh, 
there's a lot of opportunity there to make our lives easier. There is. And I think we touched upon this the last time you were on the show um, about that CTA. And, and and now I can see how AI can take those stock emails that are normal business yeah. conversations that we all know the message and be able to do some kind of value add or CTA that might, the, 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 that this can be better than, than what we have now, right? I, I can see AI being, maybe being able to do that, pulling two or three dots together that we don't have time yeah. to pull together ourselves and be able to do that automatically for a, a call to action. Absolutely. The for sure can be helpful in that, in that just to also give it a little bit of a personal touch, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's, if we're going to talk about what, like, like you're talking about AI can be a little confusing, you know, maybe the, from a technical point of view, the best way to kind of explain the difference between using AI and just using a technology without AI, I would say that the easiest way to break that down is that AI casts a little bit wider of a net. So when we build, when we build like a bot or from a technology point of view, we build something that uh, is meant to solve a problem. There's usually a couple specific pathways that we can build. And those specific pathways are clearly defined. But what AI allows us to do is to make those pathways a little more fuzzy, a little bit wider so that they catch a few more things and allow those buckets to be generalized into the same place. Now, and that's the difference between AI and not AI, right? So, so when we think about it and we think about those calls to action, uh, that's where we get to do the same thing on the other side is maybe what we're receiving from the customers phrased slightly differently, but it's really the same incoming mm-hmm. template. But customer one and customer two and customer three have slightly different ways of sending that same thing. And that's where AI can group those together in a really nice way. And then on the way out, that flexibility in changing the wording slightly can maybe catch attention a little bit more from one of your one of your potential customers. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, maybe the, you know, just the phrasing alone is diff- being different, triggers somebody to read it a little closer or resonates better with them. You know, there's so many different variations on how that yeah. can help us. And, and the key is just make a, tell a good story on why it helps. That is, I mean, t- tell a good story on why it helps. And, you know, oh, by the way, it's AI. Um, yep. I, I mean, I do like that approach. I, I think you can lead with the AI now because everyone's kind of looking for it, even though yeah. they might not understand it, though they're still looking for it. And yes, yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting like that. It sure is. And, but it's also part of the fun, right? You know, this is this is why I'm in the technology space is I love working with this kind of stuff. And I love seeing how technology is adapting and, and finding cool ways to implement it through our organizations and and yeah. compelling so what, ways. What are some other things that are kind of um, on your radar on, on future plans or, you know, technologies that are very interesting or capabilities, doesn't even have to be technology, um, but but capabilities that are important. Yeah, you know, one of the things that we've been spending a lot of time on and will continue to spend a lot of time on at Ty is uh, there's so much change going on in the full truckload brokerage space still 
you know, with the with all the tooling that's available and the components and bring those together in a compelling way. That's that's something that we really have a lot of passion around right now. Uh, it's not quite as sexy as AI, you know. That's um, that's definitely the the phrase that pays right now. But uh, but it's it still is. so it is, um, and it's still so important though to bring these tools together in compelling ways, and and they're changing so quickly. You know, like for example, uh, my team was working with MyCare Packets last week, and we've had a MyCare Packets integration for years. Um, mm-hmm. I don't even know how long. But it's been good and, you know, they've been a good partner and things have been going great. But we found out, you know, they have a bunch of bunch of new things and that their company's been progressing and, and doing, which we knew they were, but we didn't realize to the scope. And so that's just an example of where we want to spend, continue to spend time is to make sure that, that we're providing a TMS that provides the best possible connection to the tools that help you do your job. And it goes right back to the first, first statement that I was talking about in that, you know, I'm here and we're building tie to help freight brokers do their job in the most compelling ways that they can. We want to make sure that the mid-size freight brokers can compete from a technical component to anyone out there, that they have the best technology that's available in the market. And that means making sure that your TMS is the heartbeat of your organization and is supporting all of these external tools in the best ways that we can. And so we continue to push on that. And, um, and like I said, it's not as sexy, but it, it's fun. Well, that, and, and that brings up another question that I, I didn't think about. I should have been thinking about this because it's always a, uh, a question that, that I have and people ask me all the time. Ty is a TMS, right? You yep. integrate with a lot of different tech tech players, right? And some of those are sure existing do. tech players. And a lot of those are people who are just now getting their their, their tech up and running. Um, how do you evaluate integrations, partners, right? Because there's only a finite amount of resources for everyone um, that, that you can direct to. And I can see that you probably get inundated sometimes with with requests as, as all... Um, TMS systems do, right? So how do you evaluate? Yeah, it's uh, it's really difficult. Yeah. And it's difficult because there are some new technologies that are emerging that maybe have really cool technology around them and can do really neat things, but don't have the kind of adoption that they des- maybe deserve. Or tying this back into earlier, or maybe the company doesn't have the right balance in their sales and marketing focus to their product focus. And and so it's a very challenging thing. And uh, being real candid about it, we we make mistakes on this all the time because we're doing our best to listen to our customers. Uh, we're doing our best to look at the other products that are in the market and integrate them in the most appropriate ways. But we can't say yes to all of it. And, and so uh, so we try to weigh all those different factors and see which ones make the most sense to build integrations with. Yeah, no, it's it's it's, it's tough you know, the, it, because there is finite amount of resources, and you, you're evaluating almost like an investor. Almost, and, and yeah, there's you're borrowing a, a lot of the, the same type of 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 research and, and kind of uh, 
evaluation, right? The checklist, maybe. Uh, and I always give the, I, I give the stock answer of my answer, which is, goes back to sales as well, right? Have a great customer list, and um, yeah. and and the ability to sell this on your own, right? The ability not to have to leverage into integrations to sell the product, um, right? Being able to do that. I think would be impressive, right? I mean, it'd be something that that you're certainly looking at whenever you're evaluating integrations. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's tough because also as a TMS provider, we want to say that we're non-biased, right? That Mm -hmm. um, we're we're neutral across the partners. But uh, again, the candidness, right? I don't think that's realistic. You can't, you know, there are some partners who are just better than others. Yeah. Um, and we try to, to be relatively neutral, but but you can't be with, if you're really being honest about it, because some products just have better functionality or have better integrations or require less support or have a better marketing division that helps us generate more leads. I mean, these things all make us different. Uh, yeah, I mean, your business, right? So support of, of integrations is features to your product to go out and sell yeah right and yeah, you have exactly. to have the, the the best commercial integrations and features for your buyers and potential buyers to uh to, to, to pull the trigger on and um this this fact of life right i mean that's it, it you know. is and it kind of comes down to to partnership you know like mm-hmm. not all companies are equal not all partnerships are equal and and we put a lot of effort into making sure that we're a technology partner to our freight brokers, to our customers. We want to we want to be somebody that they trust and can rely on to support them. You know, and we work really hard at it. Uh, again, we make mistakes like everybody else in the world, but we try really hard, and that's what we're going out after is to be a good partner. But then, when it comes to the integration partners that we're working with. We look for the same thing and some are better partners than others and we'll lean in a little bit better, a little bit more on the ones who are better partners. Uh, and a lot of times the better partner means that they provide a better technology or they're a more balanced company that can that we know can support our customers better. And that's, that's important. And I think the rewarding good partnership is worth the bias that comes along with it. Yes. Yeah, I mean it's it's nature of business, right? It's, it's, yeah. If you have a, a, a technology out there and you want integrations, you got to go out and sell those, sell the reasons why you're a great partner and yep. why you should uh, devote some resources into to integration. If you can't do that, it's not going to happen. You know, I mean, um, and that goes for for any any provider out there. Yeah, absolutely, and. Uh, and, you know, we try pretty hard at it. You know, we want to make sure we're being a good partner so that we're evaluating our potential partners good as in the right ways as well. And so that there's a good balance there and uh, and a mutual, a mutually strong relationship. Yeah. Yeah. What's uh, what's your next conference? Where are you headed? That's Where's a great question. Headed? Maybe not even you personally, I, but I think the next headed? big I think the next big conferences are both the Freight Waves and TIA, which I think yep. are late October, November, right? So uh, Ty will be attending both. We'll be there in full force. Uh, both of those conferences are 
are great events for meeting uh, meeting great people, seeing what's going on in our industry. And, uh, you know, they're very different events too, but uh, we love both of them for for that reason. And I think the yep. TIA one is called Technovations, mm-hmm. which is really very technology focused. So we'll be presenting there, uh, hopefully, uh, getting an opportunity yep. to, to demonstrate some of the stuff we're doing. And I'll be at both too. So we'll, we'll catch a beer at probably both of them, but at least one of the two. I think they're they're back-to-back weeks almost, um, or yeah, they were yeah. last year. So so yeah. uh, where, where is the TIA one? Is it in Phoenix this year, Is it or is that last year? That's a great question. you don't know, that's fine. I don't I know, know the answer, answer to that. So uh, well, all I know is... One of them is going to be in Chattanooga, the other one's going to be somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere sunny yeah. and nice, probably. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know we'll all be traveling together, right? So yes, we, all of, uh, <laughs> there will be a whole group of us going from one to the next, and... Uh, we will. It'll be great. Will. Yeah. Well, Mitch, thanks for, for dropping by. Put that coffee down. Again, as always, a great conversation. Uh, for anyone out there, I know it's tai-software.com is the, the, the website. But if you want to learn more um, or contact you directly, how do you do that? Yeah, the website, as you mentioned, is the best way. Otherwise, you can definitely find me on LinkedIn. Um, I think Roth's on a, a bunch of other social media too, but uh, LinkedIn's a great way as well. So reach out to us on our website or LinkedIn. We'd love to connect with you. And thanks Perfect. again for having me. Always appreciate it. Always a pleasure. And uh, and again, we'll see each other there soon. Um, but that's going to wrap it for this episode of Put That Coffee Down. You can download the podcast at Put That Coffee Down wherever you download your podcast or Freightcasts and um, catch us on YouTube. And until then, go out, make some sales, make some margin. Have some fun here in the summer. I got friends only wanna talk business. I got expensive, cause when is expensive? I got expensive, cause when is expensive? I've been reading all the work. And I've been shutting out the stars.